This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. And I have a very special guest on this evening. I'm going to let him introduce himself in just a moment. Um, But I want to talk about this book, The Characters of Men, The Characters of Men. So, Bishop, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself and, um, you know, just greet the people. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. this is the manifestation movement. This is the first time I actually uh, visited the page and actually got on it. But Greg is my neighbor. He's across the street with both our products of Howard University. I'm the Bishop of Victory Praise Church of God in Washington, D.C., 4403 Galt Place. Um, my mother, uh, Pastor Brenda Ruth Anderson, is the pastor. And Dr. Tanya Michelle Banks is the other assistant pastor. Um, I've been in ministry, uh, been, I grew up in the church, but I've been in ministry as a, active in ministry probably since 2004, 2005. Um, just became an ordained bishop last year. And last year I became a, a writer for the first time. So this is exciting. And I'm just excited to see what God is doing in my life and, uh, and Brother Greg's life. And it seems like God is doing a lot of wonderful things, even through the pandemic, which is amazing. Yeah, man. Even through the pandemic, man. So, yeah, uh, Jay is my neighbor and um, he told me about this book and I asked him to come on, not because not just because he's my neighbor and he's writing a book and all of that, but because I actually begin to read it. And um, as I begin to read it and, and from what you described to me at that time, you know what I mean? I was like, this is something that people need to hear. This is something that needs to be discussed. This is a topic that that I really personally want to cover more of on this channel. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, the demographics on this channel, whatever, is probably mostly female or whatever, but I really like to uh, cultivate godly men. And I feel like this book is something that really is a tool. Um, This memoir that you have is something that can really do that, that can really contribute to that. So I want to start off by asking you this question. Tell me a little bit about the book and what inspired you to write it. Well, before there was a book, um, it was me constantly talking about these these men in my life, these father, either father figures or my father or spiritual fathers. You know, I had two sets of godparents, two, so I had two godfathers. And um, years later, you you actually get to see uh, the impact that they had on your life. And I found myself years ago, maybe more than 10 years ago, talking about what they taught me, you know, and I started talking about it more and more and more. Um, And then before it became a book years ago, I was going to just do a documentary about my uncle, about his uh, one of the things I wrote in the book about his uh, response when I told him that I got into Howard University. Mm -hmm. And um, I was going to I wanted to do a movie or documentary or whatever that was going to be titled What's So Special About Howard? Because at the time I was I didn't realize that Howard was a great school. I didn't realize that all these great African-Americans went there. So it was really going to be how his generation saw this legacy called Howard University. 
And then that never came to fruition. Then years and years later, my mother and my sisters, those were the ones who were supposed to write the book. I thought book writing was boring. <laughs> but I think a couple of years ago, I was talking to uh, my god sister, Iris. And after a while, I said, I was, I was like, you know what? I talk about your father a lot. She said, yeah, you do. I said, I, you know, one day I'm going to write a book about it. And I kept every year. One day I'm going to write a book. One day I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and then after a while, you know, last year, I said, and you know what? I'm, I'm ready to write a book. And I didn't know what I was doing. I said, I'm ready to write a book. And I just started grabbing all these ideas of uh, what they gave me. And a lot of times they didn't even realize that they were giving me because I was watching them. We learn how to be men from other men. Wow. And um, I, I just learned a lot of different things. And one man didn't have all the answers. You know, somebody gave me a little bit of this. Somebody gave me a little bit of that. And now, you know, it's information overload, but I have a lot of you know, I mentor a lot of young men, whether men in the family, men in the church, you know, and I have a lot of information to give from these men. So it was initially to pay homage to these men. That's mm -hmm. what it was supposed to be. Just, you know, to say thank you. Like, I, I, it took me a while, but I recognize what you gave me and I want to say thank you. And that's what it that's how it came about. Um, and thank God, because it, it just it made me start dig deep into some of my personal experiences. Like, no, not only did it give me this. Particularly my uh my first godfather, um uh Deacon Joe McKissick. Um I I'm, I knew that we were me and my brother being his godsons were taking a lot, but we didn't realize that he was give he I didn't realize that he was giving me all these other things about how to forgive, how to treat people, how how not to treat everybody like a suspect because we don't we're not raised to trust everybody because we see so much, so many people get burned different ways. So I just realized, and you just kind of look, it's like, wow, they gave me this, this, and this. So a lot of things in the book, I just kind of took a look backwards and say, this is amazing. I need to give this to somebody else, you know? That is amazing, man, excuse me. <clears throat> Got me a little choked up. <laughs> that is amazing, man, because, um, one thing I really love about the book is the fact that and without giving too much of it away, the fact that you you give a a characteristic to each one of these men that you capture. And it's like a lot of the men had different um, different attributes, different qualities and things like that. And a lot of the men even, you know, had might have had some issues and things like that. But it's, it's as though you were able to kind of choose just this this primary attribute that you glean from them. Exactly. Like you glean exactly. that from them. And I love what you just said about how you saw the fruit of what these men planted in you, whether they did it intentionally or whether they did it just for being who they are. Right. You're saying that later on in life, you begin to see those seeds that were planted in you start to kind of come to fruition. Is that right? Exactly. And everything that people give you, you it's not going to spring up tomorrow all the time. That's why we have to have patience, but God knows what he's doing. And the people that he puts around you, it's intentional. It's intentional. Wow. And God it knows how to, you know, because you have to understand the enemy is constantly planting these spiritual landmines to try to redirect you from where you're supposed to go. But God is all knowing God. He's not just saying, oh, Greg did this. Oh, man. You know, Greg, he, you know, the Bible says he's saying uh, today, yesterday and forever. So he already knows how you're going to mess up, how you're going to do right. 
and how to redirect you to your purpose from wherever it is that you think you're going. The original, so the premise of the book was, wasn't even about the characters. Mm-hmm. It was, it started because of the characters, but when I really started, when I first started to actually put pen to paper, I wasn't even talking about the men. The first thing I started talking about was the Garden of Eden experience. Wow. And, I, and I talked about how um, when God created Adam and Eve, God get, created Adam and gave Adam everything that he needed. He gave Adam a place to live, a job, a wife. Uh, um, he gave him provision. He gave him everything that he needed. And all Adam had to do was continue in the will of God. And as long as he continued in the will of God, he won't have any problems. He won't have any worries. There are no curses in the earth at that point. When Adam sins against God, now Adam is birthing men that are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. They're mm-hmm. born born not knowing God, not knowing how to please God, not having all the essentials that Adam has. So now all of these men that are born in sin and shaped in iniquity, which the, in the book I refer to them as broken. Now these men who are birthing other broken men, they're teaching the wrong way to do life. They're teaching um, the wrong way to glorify God, right? And mm-hmm. I'm talking about how even God in his infinite wisdom still found a way to direct me to my purpose, to keep me before uh, uh, while I'm pursuing that purpose and to use me to bless other men while I'm imperfect. And that's what God used these other men. God used all these imperfect men and a piece of who they were to show me Everything from how to be a man to stand up for myself, how to take care of household, how to pray and believe God, how to uh, 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 see something that's not there and and expect God to do great things in my life. How to uh, 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 walk, live and breathe in the image of God. And that's one of the things that I love about this book and why I think it's so timely. Right. I think this book is really timely because some of the attributes that you attribute to these men that that you've known in in life right um they're attributes that need to be cultivated amen you know these are things that that you know say for example aggression aggression is something that when it's used uh the wrong way can be very dangerous however when it's used the right way it can be very beneficial because we need men to protect you know what i mean we need we you know maybe if you're in a football game you need to be aggressive or something like that so I, I love how timely this is because I feel like we're kind of in a season culturally where there's a bit of an attack on some of the attributes of manhood. And, you know, they have slogans now like um, toxic masculinity and stuff like that. And what that's basically saying is, oh, all of these attributes about men is what's wrong with society and things like that. But in actuality, it's not the attributes that are wrong because God gave us the attributes, but it's just the fact that we're broken people, men and women, and those attributes that we have, they just simply need to be steered in the right direction. They need to be developed. They need to be strengthened. They need to be cultivated. Um, and I, I feel like the examples that you've written about, the examples that God has afforded you in your life to be able to witness These are great examples of how even if they don't dot all the I's and cross all the T's, they're still impacting lives, whether they know it or not. You know, because let me say this real quick, because a lot of what it seemed like you were writing from a place of was observation. Absolutely. 
Yeah, you were you were sitting back Absolutely. and watching. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it's it's, it's observation, but I'm, I am participating. But I'm participating from the student perspective, from a minor's perspective. I'm I'm not I'm watching. So, for instance, my my other godfather, uh, uh, brother Lewis, which called him brother Lewis, Ira Lewis. I watched how he interacted with his family, how he supported his family, but I also uh, participated because. I benefited from some of the things that he did as well. I lived at that house for a little bit. Um, I was able to go there and eat and things like that. I remember times when me and my godbrother didn't have money and he we cut the grass, which you know we were living there. We were supposed to cut it for free. He gave us a hundred dollars. You know, wow. so it's, it's things, it's things like that. It's so here's here's the idea. Just just say you're you you know you're hungry and I give you a fishing rod. You know, I give you a fishing rod. You can take that fishing rod and beat somebody over the head and take their wallet or you can go fishing right it's a tool that god gave us to 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 prosper be fruitful multiply do something good that's going to glorify god do something where god can god can look at your life and and be pleased god that what god allow others to see you and they can see more than greg but they can see his presence in your life where they can say what a mighty god he serves what a mighty god you know, what must I do to be saved and ultimately say, what a mighty God do I serve? So so I learned early on the wrong way to use those tools. Mm. I learned a lot of these young men, a lot of them that are locked up today and things like that. They I, I my mother and I, we went to the uh, DMV today and there's a young man. They wanted him to bring his scooter in the DMV and they don't let him bring a scooter in. And he cusses the people out. He cusses the people out. And he takes the scooter and I don't know, I guess he drove all the way over to Southwest. Eventually we saw him. I said, that's the same guy. Mm. And he's, he wants them to, he wants to do something that he wants to do now. He wants it now. Like a lot, a lot of us want now and he didn't get what he want. And because he didn't get what he want, he used his perceived strength to try to intimidate the guards. Now, ultimately he still didn't get what he wanted, but he showed them I'm a man. I can do this and that. And the book deals with, misconceptions about manhood mm. that's not what manhood is that's not like you can't first of all you can't beat everybody and second of all you're spending your time and your energy and your strength on something where you're fighting again you're kicking against you're, you're fighting against god's will for your life you're pushing yourself further against uh, away from your destiny if you have children you're you, you, you're you're probably damaging them in some way shape or form society you're causing more problems to society as opposed to giving that gift to to provide something in society and ultimately the state is going to look and say this person is a problem we need to separate him from society so it's a lot of young men that didn't really understand how to use that aggression to say instead of making the the, the all these people the world my victim how about me using it to fight for something that I really want that is positive, something that God wants for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and don't go against the, the grain or don't, or don't go against the waves, but f- but fight towards what it is that God wants for you, no matter how hard it is. That's that's real aggression is that you're pursuing. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of uh, 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 kingdom of God suffer violence and violence take it by force. It's not that people going around and knocking people upside their head, but they're pursuing the will of God for their lives, for the lives of the people, whether it's your pastor, whether you just you're not even in the ministry, but you're just trying to pursue a righteous life in Christ. That's what aggression is. It's not about um, you you cut in front of me a line. I'm I'm gonna swing on you. 
Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. so, they, so they have a misconception of what aggression is and they don't know what to do with that anger because, you know, nobody taught them and and they don't really have the, the presence of God or the, or the patience to say, what do I do with this frustration? My father wasn't there. My, I, my, my mother doesn't have money for this and, and all this frustration. They don't know what to do with it. And Man. the first thing that they want to do is say, I got this stick. I'm going to use this stick to go find a victim. And they got to mm. redirect who the victim is. The victim can't be your neighbor. Wow. Because you can't expect to smack somebody upside the head and God bless you. You can't even expect as a believer to, to give people a piece of your mind and expect God to bless you. We got to be mm. humble. We got to, you know, because the Bible says that um, the weapons of our warfare believers are not what? Carnal. Mm-hmm. But might through God do the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, every high thing is on itself against the knowledge of God. So we we're, we fight different. We can't do what everybody else does. And our yeah. aggression has to be different. If we're going to be aggression, the Bible talking about snatching people out of the fire. You want to be a tough guy? Go get one of them kids that's out there fighting um, in, 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 uh, on their way to hell, on their way to the jail, on their way um, out of school. You want to be aggressive? Go help one of those kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sticking with your example, right? Just just the example, you give somebody a fishing rod, they can go fish with it or they can beat somebody over the head with it. One of the differences is that fishing requires patience. Amen. You know what I mean? Fishing is the is the one that requires the process, whereas the beating somebody over the head, that's some instant. You know what I mean? You just go find somebody, rob them and you can do that in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? But but to actually fish, and this is kind of what you were saying about fighting for God's purpose over our lives, actually taking that effort to, to do it God's way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because Jesus is the way, you know, he's the only Amen. way. But but the enemy will try to uh, present other options as if they are a way. And exactly. if you beat enough people over the head with that stick, then, you know, you're going to end up in a penitentiary you know, or you're going to end up somebody hitting you back. So, right. um, this is, this is harder than, <laughs> <hotter> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, considering that this is one thing I want to ask you, um, and I think you might've touched on it, but do we have enough of what you saw today? And what I mean by that is, um, role models, examples, you know what I mean? Is it cause you and I, we both grew up in DC you know, I grew up in the uh, 80s and 90s, basically kind of the 90s. You were a few, few smidge years older than me. And so, um, you know, we we might have seen things differently from how kids might be experiencing things today. So do we have enough characters out in our environment and our communities today? I think it I think it depends on where you are. Some people are have more access to those characters than others. Um, the characters, uh, many of the characters were either in my family or in my church. And there's a lot of single parents today where, you know, whether it's a single father or a single mother, they need help, right? They need help. And for whatever reasons, a lot of people are, are not offering, they may not be offering the help, but there are some around there. One of the things I want to do in the book is I wanted to help some of the young men identify who those people are. You know, mm-hmm. so there are help. There's a there's a lot of people. I didn't particularly get along with a lot of the, the, the men in my uh, former church, but there were certain characters, Deacon Mac Jones, uh, Reverend, uh, Reverend Wells. You know, uh, it was a lot of men there, um, even um, Deacon uh, Wideman. There's a lot of 
a lot of the men that I could have shouted out in this book that were really stand up men. You know, um, I always uh, think about some of the, uh, you know, I was one of the ones they said I was a bad kid. Right. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. There's there will always be a longer line to discipline or whoop kids than to bless them, to pray for them, to speak over their lives. And there's a lot of people that's waiting for the bad kid to go upside his head as opposed to a little bit of both saying, I'm going to snatch you up if you do wrong and I'm going to bless you when you do right. And if you need me, I'm going to be there for you. A lot of people like the discipline part. It's even in the correction center. You notice they will give you more money. They will, they will, uh, uh, the government will uh, provide more money to lock people up than they will for scholarships or to fix schools and things like that. So society likes hurting people. Society likes hurting people. That's just the reality. And Mm -hmm. um, there are men, but we just have to help the kids identify them and make sure that, you know, everybody's getting the same message because the reality of it is there could be some people that have good intentions that don't really know what they're talking about. They don't, they're giving misinformation. That's what, that's where one of the books was supposed to clear up a lot of misconceptions. A lot of young men on the block was taught how to hustle. Mm. A lot of young men that have committed murders, somebody trained them how to do that. That's why one of the parts of the book I said is that the sons of Adam raised these young men that we identify now as bad kids. Right. But they were taught that. So we have to reprogram them, so to speak, because they've been trained by not just the media. We have the media now. So you have access to a lot of stuff. And a lot of people say, oh, the old days, it wasn't that way, but it was still sin back then. It may not be to the magnitude that you think, but it was some things uh, going on back then as well. And the sons of Adam are still teaching people the wrong way. We have to be able to access those. How do we get to those kids? Mm-hmm. One of the ways is, is through the church. One of the ways is through the school. You have to make yourself available to them. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to go around and you got to make friends with all these kids. No, you have to be an example. Like how a lot of people be, you have to be the Bible that they would never read until they know Christ. You have to be the example. When So I'll give you an example. When I, um, when my mother started her church, I believe she started church in the 90s. I wasn't a member of my mother's church at first. I didn't want to be under my mother. I did not want to be under my mother. And when I finally got there, that's what God had me. I tried to go everywhere. That's what God had me. And when I was there, you know, these kids were asking me all these weird questions. What school you go to? What's that ring? Why you, would you, you know, they're asking, but, but they, I didn't realize that a lot of them didn't have the father figures at home. And a lot of them were, were living in neighborhoods where they didn't see uh, whatever it is that they saw in me. And I was selfish. And a lot of people are selfish today. I was selfish in that. I didn't, I wanted them away from me. Stop asking me questions like move. <laughs> my, mother, my mother, God knows what he's doing. My mother put me, um, had me work with the kids, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I didn't really want to work with the kids. But then it became a natural thing. And I got to share some of my experiences with them. And then when you really talk to them, you realize what they were going through. And the same thing that I needed besides somebody trying to snatch me and say, he's a bad kid. Let me knock him upside his head. A lot of them kids, they want to be heard. A lot of them kids, they want you to, to, um, acknowledge that they that they're going through something a lot of these kids are going through adult problems wow they're going through stuff that they don't know how to handle and because they don't know how to handle it they're handling it the way that someone said okay if you're stressed out go smoke weed 
If you're lonely, go uh, fornicate. If you need money, go hustle or go rob somebody. So they're taking the answers that they got from somebody else that don't know God or, or don't or, or not following God to help heal themselves. And they got to understand that that's not how to, to heal them. And we got to be available to mentor some of these young people. Um, and some of them going to be out of reach. And when God, when it's God time is if, if it's God's will for us to minister to that, that young person, then God is going to make a way because God knows what he's doing. But there are people all mm. over that God knows what he, he knows. He knows what he's doing. I was just about to ask you that. Do you think that men today have an obligation to give back? Absolutely. It's mm. because it's, it's selfish not to. Absolutely. But um, here's the thing. We have to know what we're talking about because there's certain people. If I were to do a um, a youth event right now, I'm not mm -hmm. inviting everybody because they might say something that's contrary to the word God. I already know where you're headed. Keep going. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> I mean, whether it's whether it's let's let's put it out there, whether it's is is uh, sexual orientation that's not of God, whether it's um, um, people. You know, some people can come out and, and they can say and be with the gospel community one day and promote one thing and then turn around and promote something that's completely contrary to the word of God. So when you're when you're presenting the gospel to the, the next generation, they're not only li listening for the message, what you're saying, they're looking at consistency. And one minute you saying praise God. Next minute you say fire this J up. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're inconsistent. So a lot of people are not prepared, but at the same time, God got water out of a rock. God can God can make a uh, 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 someone prosper in a place in a, in the least likely places. So God can still do it. But I don't think every person is ready because you know the Bible says is narrow narrows the way to eternal life, broadens the way to destruction. Mm -hmm. There's probably less men that are qualified to I shouldn't say qualified, but less men that that um that have Christ on the inside and that's really willing to uh, uh, sow a seed that's going to help somebody grow. But they can, until God uh, touches their life, they can be a blessing another way. So if somebody see a single mother and they know that her money is short and they see that she's struggling with a couple of things, help her out with a couple of dollars. You know, uh, mm. one, one of the things myself and my sister did, it was a young lady. She was she had a couple of kids with her and she was a little teeny little girl she was coming out to cbs give her a ride home uh some of the young men you know just acknowledge who they are and see what it is that they do one of the th big things is sports see if they can get in sport speak life into their lives yeah speak life into their lives one of the uh characters i talked about was my spiritual father uh uh reverend tom thomas jones he was the assistant pastor at my former former church Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people that had no problem. Even to this day, they said, boy, you was a bad little kid. <laughs> and back then, they were so busy trying to tell me who I was from their perspective, not realizing that when you're speaking back negative over a child, that's a curse. Because mm. speak to bless somebody is to speak well of. It's just, you know, that's what blessing is. When, to curse somebody, you're speaking negative, you know? And someone would constantly, those that were constantly speaking negative over my life, well, Reverend Jones, you know, he spoke something. He's the Bible says you speak those things, be not as though they were. He was speaking life into my life. Wow. And 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 when I talked about in the book, everything that he said back when I was smoking weed and getting drunk came to pass, except for the PhD. 
So expect me to go get my PhD. He used to call me doctor, but he was mm -hmm. calling me preacher. And you know, I'm coming to church smell like cigarettes and weed. And, <laughs> and he's calling me preacher and doctor and all these things. You know, what are we calling these young men and these young women? Mm. What's the words that's being spoken over their lives? Because whether you realize it or not, they take those words with them. And they take those words and they carry those words for years and years and years and years and years until somebody put that mirror in front of them and say, this person is a person that's loved by God. This person is going to succeed. This person, you understand? Mm -hmm. um, people don't want to do that because everybody, a lot of people, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people want to reaffirm these negative words that somebody may have spoken over their lives. And wow. they themselves have not been healed, you know? Yeah, I saw, I read about that part and that, that part really did stand out to me and that exact same scripture came to mind that you cited. He called those things that be not as though they are, as though they were, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, there was faith required in that. There was faith. He could have looked at somebody from a generation that was coming up after him and he could have made a lot of assumptions, a lot of, um, you know, he could have lost hope or something like that, but he chose to maintain faith in that situation and that really stood out to me and so i want to kind of ask you this um did you gain a greater appreciation for these men as you gained old as you uh grew older or did you always kind of respect them a little bit but it just didn't really kind of come come together back then i respected them when i was younger especially my stepfather i i i saw him as a hero when i was little you know I saw him as a hero when I was little. Of course, he went through his his uh, issues and things like that. But when I was really, really young, I saw him as, you know, Mr. Tough Guy. You know, I saw him as a person that can make things happen one way or another. You know, I know he wasn't perfect. I know he, you know, he went through a lot of, you know, his social social issues and things like that. But um, but I saw him as, but my uncle, all of them, I, I, I really saw them as a, uh, I saw them as stand-up men. And considering the fact that we lived in a lot of a lot of uh, bad neighborhoods, I saw my father for the, the the tough guy that I looked up to in the streets when I was young. And of course, you know, a lot of things I talk about how he could just provide certain things like when we didn't have like when the lights cut off and things like that, or we didn't have a little bit. Of, we had a little bit of food. I saw him. He taught me how to adapt. And I really, 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 really needed that. I really need that. And I didn't see that until years later because uh, the, the young people today, they don't really know how, to, a lot of them, I should say, don't really know how to adapt. Some young men, they won't go on a job interview because they don't have a haircut. Mm. You know, some mm. people don't, if they don't have a certain amount of money to get to work or have enough money to go buy $15, $20 lunch, they're going to say, I don't have no money to eat. I don't have no money to get there. They don't know how to survive. So I definitely needed that. But um, the other the other men, I saw them differently. I saw them. Um, I I respected what they did, but I saw um, a massive impact on my life later on in years, especially my uncle James, because I didn't. I I saw him as I always heard he was a war hero. I didn't get to see the medals until this year. Wow. We heard, we always heard that he had a purple heart and this and that. And the medals that I show in the back of the book, I only saw the medals this year. I, I heard about the story of him being shot in Vietnam this year. Um, I, 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 I had a greater respect for him after he passed. Um, when he passed, uh, um, I talk about that in the book. He died on, um, on the job in the park service. And it's this big thing with Eleanor mm -hmm. Holmes, Lord, and they pushed the law. And now all contractors get full benefits. 
Um, but I, I, I respected that, but I saw him having a, a great respect for education and the historically black college. You know, I was a super student. I was like national honor society. And I was, look, and I was a lazy, lazy student, but I just did this by accident. I'm dead serious. Mm -hmm. National Honor Society, Public Service Academy, top 10 graduate, working at NASA as a, you know, as a, um, in my 11th grade uh, summer, doing all these things. And um, I was trying to get into Ivy League school. I was trying to get into, or, or like a school like Georgetown. And all those schools turned me down. And I got into all HBCUs. And I, when, when he asked me about, he didn't even ask me, he didn't say, are you going to college? He didn't even look at me. He looked at the TV, turned the TV and said, what school you get? What school you going to? Like, you don't mm -hmm. got a choice, right? <laughs> and I'm, and I'm kind of discouraged because I didn't get in these, these big schools. And I said, oh, I got in Howard. He's like, you got in Howard? And, um, and then he started bragging. Hey, my nephew got in Howard, and I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand. So he he let me know. He showed me. I mean, because his reaction, I saw a whole uh, generation, a whole legacy in Howard University. That I didn't know, and I started reading. I'm like, all these people went here. This is this is huge. This is mm -hmm. this institution made a huge impact, not just in the black community, not just in America, but in the world. You know, so um, it's things like that that I I didn't see until until years later where you play them all. You know how you're telling a story about something that happened years uh -huh. ago, and then you're like, wow, that really happened? You yeah. know, it's like that. It's like, this is this is a massive uh, impact um, that, that they've, they've had in my life that a lot of times I didn't tell them. I got to tell, I never really got to tell my uncle. Um, I got to tell my spiritual father. I got to tell my, my godfather, uh, Ira Lewis, um, when he was in a hospital before he passed and mm. I got to tell my father. So another thing, when you see these men and women that are uh, impacting your lives, you got to say, thank you. You got to acknowledge that they did this thing and that let them know, look, God used you to show me this. Wow. Because a lot of times they don't, they don't hear that because you have to think some of the greatest mentors don't ever hear. Thank you. And they're not looking for it. Wow. <laughs> ones that always want to, you know, pat themselves on the back and take credit for a lot of young people. They're the ones that probably haven't done anything. Yeah. And that's what I thought about when you opened up with, with the talk, you opened up and you said that the book didn't even really, the book started off one way and then it kind of like, you know, evolved into some other things. And I think you said initially you just wanted to kind of appreciate or acknowledge or capture these men. You know what I mean? Um, right. <clears throat> I think we need to do a better job of celebrating men right you know in our society men are kind of chill laid back you know what i mean like right. mother's day we going all out you know exactly. I mean? father's day we we do father's day and we do acknowledge the fathers and, and all of that but um like like you said sometimes it can be a thankless job and so i'm grateful that at least in some of those instances you kind of got to um got to thank some some of the folks that uh that influenced you it makes me think a lot about god and what he says about generations that come after right. you know like when they cross over the jordan i believe god had them to to put 12 stones there and he said Absolutely. you got to put these 12 stones here so that the the generations don't forget Amen. what you had to go through 
you know what i mean and so you you capturing this and to a certain degree even though it's personal for you um somebody who reads it they might be able to think to think to their life or think to somebody that that impacted them in a similar way and this is almost like a stone you know what i mean almost like something that that they can look to and say, man, this is now documented. This is now captured. Um, this person had integrity. This person had faith. This person had courage. This person had all of these different type of attributes. And uh, one thing about God is that he cares about legacy. Amen. You know what I mean? He cares about legacy. And I think that um, I agree with you when I ask you that question. I agree that we do have a responsibility to kind of pass that torch to kind of um, be an influence in somebody's life, because that's what God, God has called us to do. He said, love the Lord thy God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if we really do love this generation that's coming behind us as we love ourselves, then we're going to do for them what other people did for us. Amen. Um so I'm just grateful that um, that the Lord has uh, has been able to do that, at least through this book, you know. Amen. Uh, I, th- I think it's wonderful. So, man, I got some more questions for you, but we also have some comments and, and things on the uh, on the live chat that I can bring in here. If you don't mind, I think folks are wow, just kind of. I didn't even see all these people in it. <laughs> I had to hear yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I want to just do a little bit right now so that we don't um, get too far ahead. You know what I mean? But uh, God is just so good. Here's a comment by uh, King of Grace. She says, it seems many young males are out of touch with their emotions. Mm -hmm. They're taught that they cannot cry from a young age, that if they fall, they need to suck it up. Right. Um, she says, now that is toxic masculinity. You have any, any thoughts about that? Well, that's what I was taught. I was taught that you got to make the kid, the, the little boy tough. So, you know, older men and family and friends, they will punch, they'll punch on you to make you, you know, make you hard, you know? And, um, I don't think that you should go that far at the same time. We can't lay back and let these young men, cause this younger generation is very feminine. This younger generation is, um, and it's not just because they're not, they're saying suck it up. And I'm not talking about that. It's just that they're not being taught the principles of manhood. Mm-hmm. Teach them the principles of manhood. It's not about punching people and all of that other stuff. It's not about, you know, don't cry and things like that, you know. Um, but it's just about making sure that they understand the principles of manhood. And you don't just create the principles of manhood out of your mind. You, the principles of manhood are in the Bible what it is that you're supposed to do. You know, we, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, we supposed to, when we get married, supposed to love uh, um, our, our wife like Christ loved the church. We're supposed to be the, the head. We're supposed to be, um, you know, we're supposed to have jobs. You know, yep. you can't be sitting out there living off a female. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to have a job. <laughs> you know, it's certain things that you're supposed to do. In our church, you know, there every now and then you'll see women picking up chairs, but the expectation is the men, we expect the men to go and pick them chairs up. So there's mm-hmm. certain things for me, you can call me a male chauvinist, that's fine, but there's certain things for me that there's an expectation of manhood that we are not only teaching them so that they can be men and go do what God called them to do, um, but they're gonna be passing down that information as well. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so so to I agree with you and to respond to King of Grace, you know what I mean? I think that the idea behind it, I think what you're saying is that the idea behind it is noble. What we're trying to do is we're trying to condition men or boys at that age, but we're trying to condition boys to know that in, in that life is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, life is tough. So I'm going to be a little bit tough on you so that when you go out into the world, you'll be equipped to already handle whatever it is that the world brings. Exactly. To you. And you that's know? what I got from uh-huh. aggression is, is like you have to be able to adapt. That's the that's the thing. You have to be able to adapt. Not um, it's not all about being Paul Bunyan, but it's about sometimes life going to throw you curveballs. What are you going to do? Give up? Particularly exactly. if you're leading somebody, whether it's your family, your church, somebody, yourself, what are you going to do? Give up? You know, so so that's the idea is to is to be be a strong, uh, God centered man. Absolutely, and I'm glad that you qualified that because there's so much more to it. Um, like you call them, the principles of manhood. There's so much more to it than than what we see on the surface. It's not about you know punching them, roughing them up, and stuff like that all the time. But um, it's about integrity. It's about fortitude. You know what I mean? It's about strength. You know, it's about overcoming obstacles. There's just a whole, a whole multitude of things because, as a guy, um, the world is not just going to afford you things just because, right? You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying that that's always the case for women, but, but, but as a guy, definitely, whatever you get, you're just going to have to go out and get it. <laughs> you know, and if you're if you're blessed enough that somebody can help you along the way because like you said in the book we all are going to be at a position where we need some help and if 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 god sends somebody to help you along the way praise the lord you know what i mean but your default mindset needs to be i need to make something happen you know and it it should be that i need to be submitted to god knowing that he can actually open the doors promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south promotion is from the lord Right. Right. So if you keep that in mind that he's he, you know, uh, every good and perfect gift is from the Lord. Amen. Yeah. And it comes down down through the father of lights uh, in whom is no variableness, neither neither shadow of turning. So um, we just got to really, really be aware of that. Uh, Here's a comment from Brother Israel. He says, as men of God, we're constantly being watched. That's true. and if you step out of God's will and, you know, if because if they see something that's contrary to your, you know, uh, your testimony in church first, giving honor to God, you know, and they see you outside. That's why that's why I saying you have to be consistent because you're always being watched and you're preaching with even when you ain't saying a word, you know. Yeah, you, you always, you're always preaching and somebody's watching you, especially if you're a leader in the church. Especially if you're a leader in your family, if you if you're one of the ones that a lot of people look to, you have a responsibility. You got to you got to act right. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, always, and you also at times you have to come back and be a man and say, you know what? I did A, B and C. I apologize. I shouldn't. Have, I, I let my anger get the best of me. I shouldn't have said that. Or, you know, I was impatient. I, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, go back and say, I apologize and say something, you know, fix it. Because yeah. you're not perfect. You want to, you know, you want to mess up at times so 
And that's why I appreciate you as a neighbor, man, because it's like it's like an extra layer of accountability. You know what I mean? I think um, I've been good for a little while now, but I think uh, several years ago, man, I think you checked me on one of them things. You know, I got caught up in one of them soul ties or whatever, and I appreciated that. Amen. You know what I mean? I appreciated that. That's like five or six years ago, but I appreciated that. Um, that as a brother in Christ, you know what I mean? You're holding me accountable. Mm-hmm. And if somebody actually is is in Christ, they won't mind that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They won't mind that. So um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that, man. Uh, here's a comment from Moni E. She says, true words. They uh, they say what you tell a child becomes their inner voice as an adult. And I think she was probably talking about the deacon that um, I'm sorry, the uh, assistant pastor who was kind of affirming you even when you were out of the way in that season. Hey, man. See, the, the book is actually it's I, I wanted it in the hands of a lot of young men. Right. And the truth is, most women bought it, <laughs> most women bought it which is great. But I wanted to have a, most, a lot of young men or, you know, and I wanted to be able to teach it. You know, they're not going to allow it in school because at the end of the book, it's, it, we talk about Christ. We're talking about Christ all through the book. But, but it, at the end of the book, Christ, it, it says when love became a person mm. talking about Christ. Um, so they won't they probably won't allow it in most public schools. But I, but it was a lot. It's a lot of information here for young men. Um, but it's also for old men. Because it's a book of not only just teaching, I call it a when I when I was uh, doing the copyright, I was trying to figure out where to actually put it. What type of book is it? Um, so it's a memoir. Yeah, but it's also self-help. So I, I created a genre. It's a self-help memoir. Wow. Right? Because it's it's actually helping people. Um, and it's also a personal reflection of myself of what's of going on, what's going on in my life. But I think that it's a book of healing. It's a book of of healing to show people the way out. Because some people were were born in these misconceptions. So some people, if I can, I wanted to get this book in the prison system. Mm -hmm. And I had a prison ministry because a lot of the people that I hung with, including some family members that were in prison, out of prison, some of them still in there. And um, what I was doing was I was sending my sermons, printing my sermons out and sending them to different people that I've, you know, ran with or my brother, my brother ran with. And because when you send a, a letter to prison, it's not like one person is going to read it. So you're preaching to a bunch of people that you've never met. Mm. Right. And I wanted to get this book in there be, um, some kind of way, um, because it's a lot of people that they get wiser as they get older. But some people, they're going in and out and they don't realize the, the issues that that's going on in their lives until too late it's too late whether they're dead whether they're never getting out things like that and um i want them to show you know what what's going wrong going on wrong it's a spiritual situation it's some things that you probably went through that you haven't recovered from you know how they say people from the hood have ptsd or something yeah something somebody mm-hmm. said they may have ptsd or you know a lot of things they're going through so it's it's also a book of healing and i and i, I want people to to recognize that it, it shows you this is the way out the way out is christ yeah i'm the way the truth and the life no man come to the father except by me yeah praise the lord man i'm just glad that that is out and um because you said this was your first book so tell me like how was how was the process of completing your first book because i'm actually um 
in the process of a book as well, uh, kind of along the similar lines. It's about manhood. And I'm going to stop talking about it because it's been it's been at 85 percent for a long time. It's been buffering. So I'm going to stop talking about it till it comes out. But um, but how was the process of uh, putting out your first first book? All the emotions, everything you can think of. I fearful, kind of anxious, nervous, wondering, is this going to be good enough? Am I a good enough writer? All these things, because I wasn't planning on writing a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of mine gave me some advice. He just said, just just start writing. And I started writing and then I talked to other writers and got a piece of this, a piece of that. And um, <clears throat> I think the first time I wrote it, I was like, I think I was going back and forth. And then I, I wrote the first paragraph. Because when I wrote it, I had this idea that I wanted to talk about what they did, you know, the different men in my life, what they did. And I wanted to talk about how Christ used them. But I didn't know how I was going to get there. Right. So the introduction was like probably the hardest. At first, it was like, you know, really, really difficult. And once I got through and once I got through, I literally looked at it and said, this is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And I was like, "Okay, I. I know what I'm hearing. Let me ask a couple of people and see if they're hearing what I'm hearing. And what I wanted to do was to do this, open a dialogue. If it doesn't open a dialogue, then the book is not doing it. You know, obviously I wanted to honor these men, but I wanted people to kind of talk about it. And I wanted them, wanted to get their thoughts on the different ideas in the book. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I talked to my sister, I talked to my God sister. A lot of people, they were like, this is really good. This is good. And my sister was like, I asked my sister, my oldest sister, and I said, well, how do you how do you like it? You think this and that? She said, it's phenomenal. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And um, I asked somebody, they was like, this is really good. And you know, it's a lot of family members. They're going to say, you know, and I asked a friend, <laughs> one of my uh, my classmates in seminary, and he, he didn't give me a response. He was like, just keep writing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let me try somebody else because I need to hear. I want somebody to, I want the book to dialogue with, with the person without me even saying, you know, I want them the thoughts to, I mm-hmm. want them to, the, to ponder those thoughts and go back and forth and, and say, well, I think this, I think that, da, 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 da. not that they write the book, but I want to hear what they're saying because I know what I want to write, but I, I, I'm, I'm just curious of what their response is. Just make sure that I'm going in the right direction. You know? Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And it, and it actually, I'm, I'm glad I did that. Um, I'm, I'm glad I did that. And when it started to unfold, um, there's this thing called writer's block that's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and there's some things, I'm going to tell you this. When you are being led by the Holy Spirit, you can't put anything you want in that book. Mm. I put a certain section of one of the men in the book, and I was just trying to get it done. And the Lord told me to take it out. I had a whole section. And I was pushing to get this book finished when the Lord told me to take this whole section out. Wow. Um, and some and it takes patience. I, I, I was going back and forth with the name, uh, the title of the book. It was certain things that I wanted to add. It's certain things that God is not going to reveal to you to the end of the book. Wow. To the end, it's, it's, it's patience because when you're surrendering to the will of God, it's not you right. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just, oh, you got a book that's cute. This is ministry. <laughs> yeah. This is ministry. That's why I didn't write a fiction book. This is this is ministry. You you God is is telling you God is writing the book. You just the vessel. That's it. You don't get credit for this thing like you think you do. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was frustrating. Everything from formatting, and I t- started talking to different people. Everything from uh, um, design. I, had, uh, I, I found this uh, software called InDesign, which was perfect. But I was frustrated before that, trying to figure out how to do a, a table of contents in Word. It was everything. It was just a mess. But uh, <laughs> but thank God, God gave me the right people to tell me. Nobody was doing it for me. They were telling me what to do. Right. Telling me how to do it. You know. So yeah. That. Um, you know, God. You know, a lot of people want somebody to come and come in and do it for you. God didn't tell them to do that. They're supposed mm-hmm. to help you help yourself. So I thank God for that. Yeah. Praise the Lord, man. Um, yeah, I definitely know about the writer's block and a lot of that stuff that you're talking about. You know what I mean? I, what I like about the book is that, like you said, it is an easy read. You know, I think it's about 90 pages or so. And mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's just right, man, because we're just in a in a, a time where it's like uh, short attention span, <laughs> short attention span. And I feel like there's a lot of value packed into the 90 pages. Amen. You know, it's not a lot of fluff and things like that. And it's, it's very readable. It's very um, understandable. I think that's my issue. I wanted, I was trying to write and I wanted it. I wanted everything to be epic. And I'm like, oh man, it's got to be a certain amount of pages or it ain't a real book. And, I, and I'm like, nah, like just write whatever it is that the Lord tell you to write. You yep. know what I mean? Get to the point, be direct and uh, just kind of let the, let the chips fall where they may. But like you say, the most important thing is that God breathes on it. You know what I mean? And, and, and if he breathes on it, it's going to set out to do. It's going to do what he set out for it to do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because God yeah. has a purpose for it before you even think about a book. You Absolutely. Know, God, God, God plans our destiny before we get here. So it's not like he's going to He said, when you get 18, say, you know what? It might be a really good idea to give Greg a book to write. God don't work <laughs> like that. Before you're born, God already knows everything that you're supposed to do. Wow, and um, and we frustrate ourselves and 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 kick against the prick when we try to uh, figure out a way to do it on our own and try mm. to you know and that's the thing. There were things that God told me to to take out. There were certain incidences that God told me to take out, and and when it was time, that's it. And it's just like it's just like preaching, you know, when you're preaching. You might have a whole bunch of homiletics, hermeneutics, all this other stuff. But when it's time to preach, the only thing that you should be up there talking about is what God told you to say. Yeah. And a lot of people want to show off and they want to show their skill and do that on your own time. When when God is when God is moving and it's God's God's work, you are the passenger. Yep. That's it. You're the, you're the, you're you're the passenger. So yeah. I had to take a lot of stuff out and I was like, is it ready? Is it, you know, it was, it, I went through, I went through a lot of, a lot, a lot of stuff trying to figure out what was going on, but it didn't even take me a year. I think I started in October, mm-hmm. maybe September, October, something like that. It didn't, it didn't, and I was finished in April. Mm-hmm. And when I read it, I mean, to this day, it's, you know, I read it every now and then. And to this day, when I read it, it's like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. Someone yeah. says, you shared a book title before closing. Uh, the title of the book is called The Characters of Men. I had to, I have a website called thecharactersofmen.com, but I had to take the website down for a minute um, 
because uh, I had to, um, I have to change it up and do some other things on it. But um, you can just reach out to me directly on my Facebook page and I can help get you. But right now I only have, I have like maybe 10 books left. I have to order some more. Um, but they're seven is $17.99. Um, also have the digital copy for $10. Um, I can send you the digital copy, but if you shoot me a, um, a message on Facebook or reach out to uh, brother Greg, um, I can uh, help get you the book. And also what I would like to do if possible is I wanted to start some type of, uh, a book club or something to maybe start with the the grown men first and start talking about it and, and exchange notes and then kind of spread this out and offer it to, to some of the young men and some some of the women and the young women as well uh, to, to, to help them open up and talk about some of their experiences and, and, and show them where the solution is in the kingdom of God. I think that would be really beneficial, man, because I could really see this thing, um, this book, uh, because of how because of how it's arranged and because of how each chapter has its own attribute you know what i mean i could see that being a discussion point i could see discussion questions uh, that's one of the things i want to do too is ask some discussion questions um but yeah that's wonderful and you got ahead of me because i was going to ask you to tell everybody uh where they can get the book and or where they can find you and all of that type of stuff but i guess you kind of did it so i don't know if you want to add, add anything saw, more to, I did, I did, to that or not I started i was on private chat and you were saying comments like what comments and i saw like all these people in there. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Just share this. Uh, sh if you can just share my Facebook page and um, I'll, I'll get the site figured out and hopefully I'll have it updated um, in the next, in the coming weeks. And I gotta, I gotta make another order for the books. So right now I have maybe like 10, 11 left. Um, so anybody want to purchase them, they can get those and they can also get the, uh, the digital for now. Um, or if the books run out and, if I order them, it'll take about a week or so to get more in. Cool, cool, man. Well, that's truly a blessing. I'm, 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 I'm happy about that. I want to see it in the hands of people because I do believe that we're in a tug of war. Amen. You know what I mean? We're in a tug of war. I agree with you that there's nothing new under the sun. You know, they people have been sinning since the beginning of man. But I think what we're dealing with now, I say uh, the devil hasn't come out with anything new right but but just like when you have a product that's that's hot what you do is you begin to mass produce it and i think with a lot of uh the youth young men and things like that now now we got them right right in these things is where right. you can find all of the distractions and so we got to find a way to pull uh to to pull folks because um by the grace of god something in you clicked and you got it you know what I mean? Something in you. I think somebody put in the chat, train, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is older, he will not depart from it. Something in you click. Amen. And it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it resonated with you. But unfortunately, you know what I mean? Like you and me both growing in D.C., we've seen people who um, for whatever reason, it, it, it didn't click. And today yeah. they might be locked up or they might be dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's people I went to elementary school with that are dead. Um, they're doing life in prison. So yeah. um, wow. it's very important that 
we 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 get as much on this tug of war as we can and i think we have to remember if god before us who can be against us amen you know even if it's just a couple of a few of us that are tugging on this and you got the whole you know uh most of the music industry and hollywood and the gangs and the streets and you know the women all of that pulling on the other side you know the scriptures say greater is he that's within you than he that is within the world so um so i just thank god for that um i'm glad that you came on jay i really appreciate it i just want i i really respect um you know uh what what jay has to say uh we're not gonna get too, too deep into this now but i'll just say this really quick thing i i remember when the pandemic first jumped off and uh everybody in the country was talking about 15 days to slow the spread and and uh you know we on things will be back to normal by the end of the once it get hot and stuff like that and i remember you told me you said the lord uh i don't want to give out too much of it you i let you do however you want to do but you more or less told me that the lord prepared you for it and that he told you that this was coming ahead of time and that this is not going to be some short uh breeze in the wind but this thing is going to be going on for a couple years you said right. and here we are more than a week going on almost two years of uh this situation so i definitely when you when you say something i i pay attention to it you know and i praise god for you um yeah yeah because well myself and this and my mom and there's a a couple of other people god gives us prophetic dreams and you know i god told me i'm, I'm in the office of a prophet but here's the thing we have to understand god gave me a dream a couple of years ago and in the dream, God said, clear as day, he said, I never lose. Hmm. I never lose. So we have to understand if God can never lose, you know, you can either win with God or you can lose because God can't lose. So regardless of whether it's a pandemic, regardless of whether it's a market crash, whatever it is, God going to take care of his own. Wow. God's going to take care of his own. So we have to be in the place of victory, which is in Christ, you know, because the rapture of the church is soon to come. No man know the day and the hour, but God is telling us the times and the seasons. Yeah. Um, and it's almost checkout time. So we got to tighten up. For us, as already saved, we got to get closer to God. Those that are not saved, it's time to come in the house. You want to keep partying and all those things, you're going to miss God. Hmm. It's not, a, you know, and, and, and for believers, we have to be careful with this compromised doctrine. We have to be very careful with that compromised doctrine that is saying it's okay to do this, it's okay to do that, where we're preaching that it's okay to go out and go to the club, get drunk, fornicate, all this stuff, and then come Sunday like ain't nothing wrong. Because what they're doing is they're playing chicken with their salvation, mm. you know? And the time that you're playing, that's the time that you should be drawing closer to God and getting strong in Christ so that you don't fall. As opposed to saying, let me go out here and keep playing with the enemy because the enemy is trying to take take the believer's head off. So we got to, to understand that, that this is this is serious. This is a this is a war. This is a spiritual war. This is a spiritual war. That's why, you know, we have to take uh, take serious our ministries. Thank God for you with your um, your music ministry. But we have to understand that everything that we do, only thing we do for Christ is going to last. And we got to 
put our everything, our all into this. Everybody preparing for these jobs. What if God take your job tomorrow? Mm. You know, we got to prepare and and trust what God is doing in our lives. I'm expect I work for the for the federal government as a contractor. I'm expecting them to, to fire me. As a matter of fact, God told me they was gonna fire me. God wow. told me in, in, in um uh, I believe it was October 2018. God said, "Let them fire you." And a couple of years later, I'm still here. And I was I wanted to leave, and I was trying to leave before the pandemic. And the Lord said, "Just listen." Mm. Sometimes we just, we gotta just listen. Sometimes that place is God have you in that 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 spiritual Egypt until it's time for your deliverance. Wow. Sometimes God will have you in that spiritual wilderness until it's time for your deliverance. And everybody want to go to the promised land, but you don't even want to go to church. You don't even want to pray. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to witness. You know, <laughs> so everybody yeah. wants the, the blessings from God, but don't nobody wants to, you know, you know, the Bible says, uh, if you suffer with me, you reign with me. Everybody Man. want want to be with Jesus, but don't nobody want to carry their cross. We got no, work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just thinking about... Um, how long they had uh, been in the wilderness to get to the promised land, you know. And then uh, I was reading in the book of Joshua. And as soon as they uh, finally got over there, all they did was fight. <laughs> the whole book of Joshua is just fighting. Yeah. Right? It's just warfare. And it's like we can't sometimes we have this idea like, OK, oh, OK, yes, God does have a promise for us. But like you were saying earlier, the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. He's promised you the victory, but Amen. we still have to fight the battles. You know, so what you just said, how God told you, um, I, he said, I never lose. Man, that hit me. <laughs> yeah, that hit me. He told me, he said, I never lose. So so you got to understand, like, and I and I thank God for the for, for God's correction. Because God will let you know you're going over too far. Come, come back over here. And the Bible says, "Whom the Lord love, He chastises." So it ain't it ain't a good feeling when you're getting spanked by God. Oh, no, <laughs> but I thank God good. for that correction, though, and I thank God that He's sharpening us uh, during these end times because we got a we got a lot of work to do, man. We got a lot of work to do, and I thank God. I don't see a uh, pastor, um, Pastor Ebony and Pastor Will, but they're doing a great work over there um, at their church. Um, and I saw some of the pictures where that y'all were feeding the homeless and all those things. And thank God for my mother, the pastor, uh, Pastor Anderson. God gave her uh, some uh, work to do in some of the most violent neighborhoods <laughs> mm. in D.C. But we lived in a lot of times. We know a lot of people. But my, my mom been doing this. My mom been feeding the homeless and uh, and ministering to drug dealers and um, taking people out the crap game to pray with them and, and things like that since I was a kid. Because I was a kid, I've been seeing this for a long time, and um, and and I understand why God chose me to be there. A lot of people are running from the churches that uh, where the pastor is always on them, and the pastor is giving them all these things to do because they're preparing you for something special. Mm. Because everybody ministry ain't gonna be the cute ministry where you get a plane and you get the the the, the tailor made suits and. The, you know, all that stuff. Everybody's ministry is not that. I'm not saying that all those people are not saying I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is some some people gonna get to have to get their hands dirty. Some yes. people are gonna have to go cut the grass, the church got uh, church grass. I don't cut the grass, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's different things that you're gonna have to do in the kingdom of God. And, and you can't be in there like it's but beneath your your education level. 
You mm-hmm. know, this is not corporate America. We we work in the kingdom of God. Jesus came as a, he came to see. He said, "I came. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve." So we yes. gotta we gotta have a servant's heart. If we're gonna do this thing, we gotta do it for real. Well, listen, Bishop, I'm just uh, grateful that you were able to come on this evening and 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 really discuss this book. Uh, you know, I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the, the um, insight that you gave. And uh, I'm just uh, prayerfully everybody else has been blessed by it as well. Um, you got any closing comments before we close out? This was really, really cool. This is <laughs> yes. the first time I did a podcast. Uh, a friend of mine, I was supposed to do a podcast, but he had something going on in his family. I don't know. His, uh, a family member got sick. I mentioned in DMV Writers Expo. Also, I want to shout out DMV Writers Expo. Um, I want to, um, I wanted to take people through my experience, um, but I also want people to start writing because writing is allows healing. Writing allows you to to give God glory and to appreciate people that God has put around you and to acknowledge uh, um, the things that God revealed to you, mm. right? Because the Bible says, "Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." and when God gives us these revelations, these experiences, unless God tells you specifically, and he has done it not to say anything about this, that, or that. If God released you to say it, then share it. Because it, there's a lot of people that, that are, I shouldn't say a lot, but it's, you know, I'm looking at all the comments. There's some books in, in these comments. There's some, there's some people that have some books in their hearts, mm-hmm. you know? And um, the DMV Writers Expo, we just share ideas. It's a free... Um, it's a it's a free Facebook uh, um, group and Brother Greg is in it. And if you can share that with them as well, we, mm-hmm. we need to get a lot of people in there and just share ideas and, and let us know if you have a book out and we, we support you. You support us. You know, that's all. It's, it's just for local DMV folk. And if people are out, outside of DMV, we've, we're fine with that as well. But um, but that's about it. And um, I just thank you all for, for having me on. I thank uh, Brother Greg for thinking about me. I got the text message. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I've never been on, I see all these podcasts, sports and all these other things, and I've never been on a podcast before. So yeah. thank God. I thank God for uh, touching you, Lord, uh, touching you and allowing the Lord to use you to bring me on. And hopefully it's something that we've said, some discussion that will open up some dialogue in these homes, in these schools, in these communities, in these churches, um, that God be glorified. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, that's all we have in this Solid Talk family. I'm just I'm just grateful and, and uh, thankful. Um, I will put all that information in the description box. So just come back and check that out. And uh, that's really all I have, family. So uh, you all take care and be blessed. Have a good one. This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. Check it out Speaking out loud in depth Cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living godless I can't even call it We in the last days Babylon is falling 
Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I grow we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven the born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in